Hey fam, before we start this episode, we wanted to pause and give a couple plugs about the Light West Palm Beach and World Outspoken, who has given us this platform to document Jeremy's church planting journey. La Ventanita is one of the many podcasts that you can discover at www.worldoutspoken.com. World Outspoken has an archive of thought-provoking articles and podcasts that prepare the Mestizo Church for cultural change. If you enjoy our show, consider checking out the Mestizo Podcast, which is in its third season hosted by President Emmanuel Padilla and Dr. Elizabeth Conde Frazier. There they bring on exciting guests and share enriching dialogue that help disciple the Mestizo Church. If you would like to find out more information or perhaps want to be a part of the Light West Palm Beach, be sure to check out www.thelightwpb.com as well as taking a look at our show notes for additional ways to connect with us. You can also email us at laventanitapodcast at gmail.com for any questions or comments about this show. Enjoy the episode. everybody back to another episode on la ventanita podcast what's up jeremy how are you doing bro i'm doing well i'm doing well just here again at the public library the mandel mm -hmm. library i think i'm saying that right i hope you're saying it right I, somebody just told me i'm saying it right so okay good yeah good i'm glad you got the affirmation yes um can you tell us a little bit about what we're planning on talking about in this episode yeah so today we're going to be talking about kingdom partnerships and mm -hmm. uh we we titled this podcast juntos juntos kingdom partnerships do you know what juntos means together josh man you are like a <laughs> spanish speaking expert when you speak spanish <laughs> the heavens open and you get revelation you and you start speaking in spanish you're, you're that good bro because the spirit gives utterance come on I'm just I'm just being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Come on, man. <laughs> um, man, so as we as we dive into this conversation, do you mind uh setting us up? What what is um kingdom partnership and where where do we find that or what informs you about kingdom partnership? Yeah, when we talk about kingdom partnerships, I think we got to go back to what is the kingdom of God? What kingdom are mm -hmm. we talking about? We're talking about the kingdom of God and what is the kingdom? And there's a pastor out in Dallas that I really, really love. His name is uh, Tony Evans, and he, he says this. I love his definition. He says that the kingdom of God is God's comprehensive rule over all creation. Mm. Yeah. And, well... Before we introduce our guests, let me ask you one more question. Um, so how do we as as people, individuals, communities, how do we participate in the kingdom of God? Well, when we think about creation, creation has different domains like politics, nature, family, education, etc. And mm -hmm. theologians, they, they have these, this thing called the cultural mandate, and they, they get it from Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, where God tells Adam and Eve, the prototypical humans, hey, exercise dominion over all creation. Uh, mm -hmm. So what that means is that humans are called to rule over creation as God's representatives, 
right? Mm. And 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 not only that, in a way that honors God. Uh, so God created humans to exercise this domin- dominion. Mm. That's good, man. Um, and I hear you using the, the plural form, and I imagine that as a church, capital C church, the universal church, this is something that we are called to do, right? Um, it's not just one person's individual task, but it involves a community. So this morning, as we are recording, uh, we have some guests with us for this special episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you tell us who they are? Yeah, so today in studio, in our makeshift studio, kind of, they're in the booth. They look like they're ready to rap together or do a duet because they're in this small little booth. They're going to drop a feature. <laughs> um we have we have my guys my brothers mm-hmm. my compadres we have uh, my man bill Rod- rodriguez i'm gonna say that with a with a with a spanish accent yes sir and we have ness medina from urban youth impact and urban youth impact is a really really dope uh ministry here in west palm beach they've been faithful in the city for years specifically on the north end of the city um and their mm-hmm. mission is to love equip and empower urban youth uh, to fulfill their god-given design uh, man, I, I actually, um, it's, it's a ministry that I love, man. I, I could say so much about it, so many, so mm-hmm. much good that they've done in the community and that kind of thing. But yeah, that's what we have in studio. What's up, fellas? What's up? What's up? What's happening? Man, appreciate you guys for joining us. Um, Jeremy, thank you for the introduction. Um, I kind of want to bring that out a little more. Bill and Ness, can you guys... Uh, Tell us who you are, maybe your roles at Urban Youth Impact, and maybe even uh, a little bit of how you uh, were brought into the team. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, uh, my name is Bill Rodriguez. I have been working for Urban Youth Impact uh, this go around since 2020. Um, me, me and my wife and my two boys moved down in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, to come work for Urban Youth Impact, but I also worked there right out of college, 2004 to 2007. Um, so my specific job title is Director of Ministry, but what that really means is I'm just over our outreach programs. So we have um, we have outreach sites where we go into uh, government housing locations and we go and we are kind of boots on the ground. We develop relationships with uh, the kids and their families, and then try to uh, not only get them plugged into, you know, different programs to help, whether that's our after-school program, um, uh, a reframe program, which helps uh, high school students with job and college prep, but but ultimately get them plugged into the church that we partner with, which is Bow Down Church. Um, so that's that's kind of the, the short of what, what we do. Uh, essentially, what he said was, he's an apostle. The cities have apostles. <laughs> He said he's the apostle of non-display. <laughs> he's he's looking for armor bearers, right? <laughs> Soliciting right now, uh. armor bearers. If you can't give water to the bishop or to the apostle, then you can't do urban ministry. <clears throat> nah, I'm Ness, just Ness is in here with his towel, you know, getting sweat off my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> We got the cup on the with the lid on for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Ness, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? 
Yeah, man. Yeah. Again, thank you for having me and us here, man. It's a, it's an honor and a privilege for sure. Um, again, my name is Nestor Medina. I serve as assistant director of ministry um, with Bill at Urban Youth Impact. And I also have the privilege to be able to serve uh, one of our um, communities in Riviera Beach, Florida. Um, and it's a government housing community. I've been there for about four years, four and a half years now, and um, uh, it was a uh, very um, high fatherless community, and so uh, we're there doing um, outreach with the kids and um, being able to teach them life skills and life-on-life discipleship with them, doing life with them and their families and mentorship, and so that's my role at uh, Urban Youth Impact and within the community in Riviera Beach. Man, man, I must say that, uh, Josh, you need to know, like, these brothers, man, they labor um, in, in some in some places that most people don't even want to go to with the gospel. So mm. I, I just want to just honor you guys, man, and all the faithful work that you've done in, in Riviera, um, in West Palm, off Tamarind Avenue, you know, all of that, man. I, I just want to say I honor y'all, man, for real. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you, man. Thank you for that. And and, 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 you, and hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I, I I gotta bring it back too. So so just so you know, when I pulled up with a U-Haul, okay, I'm, I'm gonna tell you how, <laughs> how 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 this all went down. These brothers, they came to help me, and I busted my butt. I literally fell off the truck. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> do we have footage of that somewhere? Oh, man. Bro, no, we don't. <laughs> Oh man! I think Ness saw it. Like Ness, I think you might see it. Yeah, I was right there. I was right there. I couldn't catch you, bro. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> but you did pray for me. Thank you. Thank I you did. for that. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, one of my, uh, um, I guess, greatest memories since moving back last year was Ness pulled up with Cortadito, bro, from La yeah. Ventanita. Or I think you got it from the Publix on Southern. Yeah. Yeah. Man, with yes, the little sir. cups, and we took yeah. cafecito shots. I just want to be clear, cafecito shots. It wasn't anything else. So I just want to say thank you guys for, for welcoming me back home. That was like a true Florida West Palm welcome. For sure, man. <laughs> man. Well, I mean, before we jump in, I kind of want to ask this question. Now I'm curious. How did you guys all meet? Um, where did this relationship start? Yeah, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we met through through Urban Youth Impact. So okay. uh, as soon as I landed um, to to West Palm, uh, man, I I worked uh, with and for Urban Youth Impact. But even before that, we uh, I was specifically connected with with Bill and Ness, um, specifically through a trip that we took. Um, we did like a tour through through different neighborhoods that they were serving, um, and then we were just in communication. And then when we landed, uh, man, they were just instrumental in just giving me game and just reintroducing me back into the city and really giving me a platform um, to begin to do the work um, on on the south and south side of the city. So yeah, and that's a. Uh, oh, did, did, wanna... did I miss anything, fellas? No, 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 that was good. I mean, uh, I know that um, Jeremy was connected to Urban Youth Impact way back in the days when he lived out here. 
Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and so that was a, an awesome thing, you know, for especially somebody like me, you know, working for the organization and then seeing a young man that was plugged in, what, you know, 13, 14, 15 years ago, coming back and um, and then uh, coming into partnership. That was uh, just an amazing thing. And uh, right away, you know, as soon as we met Jeremy, you know, um, I mean, coming from Chicago, being around a lot of Puerto Ricans and me being Puerto Rican, I was like, wepa, 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 you know, <laughs> yes, I know sir. he was. So, um, but we connected right away, man. And um, I remember uh, taking a, a little uh, trip with Jeremy one time around his neighborhood. And I was like, hey, show me around. What are you looking at? You know, and uh, we he took me to this uh, little project uh, that it's still there. And um, mm. it was pretty bad. And uh, I was pretty shocked being in this city 19 years to see the condition it was in and people still living there. And there was this empty building and <laughs> we just pulled over and I was like, Jeremy, let's go in there. And we were walking through this abandoned building and just kind of dreaming, man. Not not really saying, OK, this is where it's going to happen, but just dreaming and understanding that uh, he's moving down wherever the soles of his feet uh, stand, it's going to be holy ground, whatever, mm. wherever mm. the territory God tells him to mark, that's going to be the territory. And it was just, um, for me, uh, uh, brought me back to pioneering days, you know, and just mm -hmm. kind of, uh, dreaming like that and just hearing his heart and his vision. And so it was a great connection right from the start. Man, and and I must say, yo, Ness, Ness was bold. He was like, yo, let's go into that abandoned building. I was like, for real? <laughs> He's like, yeah, for real. <laughs> So, anyways, that's that's a cool memory. Yeah. Man, that's 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 beautiful because um, I think it really highlights what we want to lift out of this episode, which helps transition us actually into um, one of our first segments. It's called La Plena, so we we keep it real. Um, so, you guys both have mentioned about Jeremy as you came back. Uh, Bill and Ness kind of reoriented you to the community of West Palm Beach. I know it's been a, it's been a while since you've been around. Um, I don't know if things have changed much since what you've seen growing up, but I'm sure there are some changes. Um, so this leads me to ask this question. Um, as you guys were working together side by side, boots on the ground, um, through Urban Youth Impact and also through the light West Palm Beach. Um, let me ask this question uh, to you, Bill. Why do you think uh, kingdom partnerships are needed? Yeah, I mean, kingdom partnerships are needed because, I mean, you think of the work that that's out there to be done. I mean, we're in a couple communities mm -hmm. um, and, you know, but there's communities everywhere that, you know, right now we have the, the city of West Palm talking to us about wanting to add more. They see what we're doing at some of our other sites. And so. You know, we can't do it on our own, but we were never meant to do it on our own. That's not mm. that's not the model that that Christ set for us. Like we're supposed to work together for this. And so being able to partner like as Urban Youth Impact, as as good as we can do things, we there's other other organizations and groups in the city that do it better than us. And so why should we take on certain things that that we're not good at when there's other people that are doing it well? Um, mm. And then it's just a beautiful picture of what the, the body of Christ is supposed to look like. We're supposed to come together with our giftings and our abilities and use those uh, for the glory of God to, to bring the kingdom of God here. And so um, th that's why it's important. And, you know, for us as an organization, Jeremy coming down and wanting to really minister um, 
to the Latino community, that wasn't something that we do well, but it's something that we could get behind, you know. Mm-hmm. And so th- there's there's just, you know, our area is very diverse. There's a, a lot of different, you know, uh, cultures here, um, Haitian, Jamaican. I mean, it's 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 so many. And so we realize that we need to partner with other people to be able to do that. And I, like I said, I think that's the model that Christ uh, gave us. So. You know, to echo everything that Bill said, yeah, we can't do it alone. Um, and and to add to that, uh, when we think about creation, creation and scope is so, so vast. And yeah. one, God has equipped different people for different lanes. Um, and if we're called as a people, the church, called to be God's instrument in bringing his kingdom or mediating his kingdom, um, throughout the entire universe, then it's going to take everybody working in their specific lane, but also working together as we work in our specific lane. Mm-hmm. Man. I do want to touch on something that you said, Bill, that I really appreciated how you said it. Um, you said like that, I mean, admitting that sometimes organizations have strengths, but there's also areas that aren't their strengths and you said it this way you said we don't do it well but we can get behind the work kind of talking to what what um you know as you saw jeremy coming to be a part of the team and to highlight um you know that there are some organizations and ministries that do have strengths that they thrive in um and so to partner together as you said highlights the how diverse the body of christ is kind of like that first corinthians passage where it says that we need the arm, we need the leg, we need the toe, we need, you know, these parts that sometimes people think are insignificant, but actually really help give wholeness to the body of Christ. Um, so I want to ask a follow-up question for for Ness, for you to answer. Um, what are some opportunities that you see with Kingdom Partnerships? Oh, man, opportunities, sky's the limit, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Uh Maybe that's not even the right term. I mean, there is no limit uh, when it comes to opportunities, you know. I'll give you an example. Uh, I moved into Riviera Beach because I wanted to live where I did ministry. I didn't want to go to a nice house out in Wellington on the other side of town and then come do ministry and act like I knew or felt what was happening in the community. Mm. So I moved into the community um, and of course you're looking for resources and there is this line of cars in front of my house, mm-hmm. um, about five blocks worth of cars. And I'm like, what's going on? And it's a pantry that happens every Thursday, um, at the end of my street in a little, in a little church that's been there for years. And so for me coming in, of course, I would love to do a pantry. Of mm-hmm. course. I would love to get a whole bunch of volunteers and head that up for the kingdom. But why? If Mm. there's already one existing in the community. Mm. So instead of me creating or recreating um, something that's already happening, why not show up to that uh, pantry and say, hey, if I bring you 10 more volunteers, how much more can you do? Mm. And so um, that's the way I look at it. I think it's very easy when you're always looking to just create, create and do things on your own, 
you can easily get behind your own name and self-promotion. And mm -hmm. I think when you walk low and you have, uh, like Tim Keller says in his book, Free The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness, when you're able to just say, hey, how can I add to this marvelous work that's already happening? I don't need to know it, what the minors are. I don't need to know if you believe in dancing or jumping or falling or speaking in tongues out loud. Mm -hmm. I just know that you are doing a Christ-like thing here. You love Jesus, right? You believe in the Trinity. Let's go. What, what can we do? So when you look at opportunities across the board in the city, I mean, you mm -hmm. would think somebody like Bill Rodriguez or Nestor Medina can and should be in the Hispanic community. But in reality, when you come into kingdom work, you're coming in and saying, all right, Lord, what are you calling me to? Mm -hmm. And God has called Bill to lead this department. Mm -hmm. God called me into that community. And I'm not going to argue with God and say, why did you call me into that community? To, Lord, don't you know that my last name is Medina? You know, no, <laughs> God knows that already. He called me into a community. And so, yeah, we, we, we didn't have an, uh, an arm or an extension in the Hispanic community. And here comes Jeremy. And he's like, hey, God's calling me back home. And this is what he's calling me for. And we're like, okay, what's your vision? What do you want to do? And all we do is sit around the table and be able to say, this is, these are our suggestions. This is what we can add to it. And then he puts his spin and his sazon and his adobo on it. And before you know it, man, we, you know, God is moving through that because it's God's business. It's his kingdom. It's, you know, it's his idea. And God never called us to um, sustain anything. He called us mm -hmm. to steward, to steward things. And so, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, opportunities um, with kingdom partnerships are amazing. Man, I, I I just want to say I think an opportunity um, that that we have when we when we work together um, is I think what what Ness said just said was we get to work together and we get to uh, learn from one another, right? Like man, when I think about Bill, like man, Bill Bill is like to me is an expert in youth, and there will be times, man, when I'm like working with youth and. Honestly, bro, I'm like, yo, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> you know, and Bill, Bill just gives me the game or has given me yeah. the game. Like, yo, this is this. You might want to look at this, but it's not like he was he's told me, yo, you need to do this. It's more of, yo, this is what what could happen. What do you think? You know, right. And and vice versa. So I think I think things like that and, and then Ness, right, like Ness, although he doesn't live in my neighborhood, like his boldness rubs off on me. Right. If we're gonna go into that, if he's gonna go into that abandoned building with some boldness and with the authority of God, right? To me, that's a model. Like, yo, I should be doing that, right? Like, I should be just showing up in the places nobody wants to go to, even though that's not necessarily my personality, right? So, I think the opportunity, um, besides just getting the work done, is actually growing from one another or learning from one another. Mm. Man, I. I I, I love what you both highlighted about um, you know the opportunity that's there for us to partner together to to add on to what's already taking place uh, because it is because it is one mission and one goal um, and there's opportunity not just for us to collaborate together but like you guys each talked about is that we have an opportunity to learn from one another and grow together um, which leads me to to wonder about sometimes um, even in kingdom partnerships 
it can feel like, you know, sunshine and roses. But the reality is that sometimes difficulties do happen. You know, there's sometimes there's collisions that take place. Um, there's, I don't want to necessarily say that there's conflicting interests, but sometimes there are. Um, sometimes, you know, people can rub shoulders. Um, so we'll start with you. Uh, do you prefer Ness or Nestor? I should have asked this at the beginning. Ness is good, man. Ness is good? Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> why do you think kingdom partnerships are sometimes uh, are, are difficult? Because uh, uh, <laughs> we're broken. Mm. We're broken people, man. You know, we're broken vessels that God has uh, chosen, right? Mm. The foolish things of the world to confound the wise, right? Mm. Um, and mm. so... Um, we come into this uh, lifestyle of uh, discipleship, wanting to follow Christ, and um, it's a process of sanctification. And to my understanding, when I read the Bible, that process of sanctification uh, is uh, long term until mm -hmm. he comes back again. And then uh, on top of that, you add, you know, differences in, you know, different beliefs or styles or personalities. Um, mm -hmm. And so... Um, even within our our team at Urban Youth Impact, you know, um, even though I've been doing ministry for 25 plus years um, and we have some sites that are being run by young people that are old enough to be my kids, um, I have to understand that they were called to that site. Mm -hmm. They have the heartbeat of that community. They understand. They're the foot soldiers. They understand what's happening there. They, they have the thermometer of what's happening. And so I can come in with great ideas or I can sit and listen and say, hey, what's happening there? Let them inform me of what's going on. Tell me of their victories. Tell me of their defeats. Tell me of, you know, who they are um, ministering to at the moment. Testify. Give me some good news of what you've seen happen. And then I'm able to sit back and say, all right, Holy Spirit, how can, how can I minister? How can I add or how can I strengthen this team? That's mm. within our own team. Now, imagine when you're dealing with outside organizations you know um one thing that i do love to be able to work with jeremy is that we're working with jeremy directly okay so we don't have 15 or 12 other leaders that we have to go through because that could get really dicey you know you gotta and talk so, to somebody's secretary send, yeah send you gotta talk email. to somebody <laughs> talk to somebody talk to, somebody, talk to the armor bearer it, first yeah you know? yeah yeah <laughs> So we're able to, so you, you can have misunderstandings, you can have miscommunication, um, or I, I thought this, this is what you meant, or um, man, I feel this way, or oh, that's not my, that wasn't my intention, I didn't mean to make you feel that way, um, oh man, I didn't even know I was inconsiderate, you know what I mean, things like that, yeah. um, and if you um, don't have the right heart to be able to say, man, we belong one to another, um, and mm -hmm. so... Um, it can get really dicey. So, yeah, you, you're going to face a lot of challenges in that. And, I mean, to keep it real, you know, being here uh, uh, 19 years in Florida, you know, you have a lot of uh, spiritual forefathers that have been in this city, mm. crying out for mm. the city, praying for this city, mm. interceding for the city. And so when I come into the picture, I have to honor because I understand that I'm reaping where I have not sown. Mm. At the same time, mm. I have to be obedient to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so I want to honor them, but I also um, have to be obedient to the Lord. And if I'm being restricted from doing something, 
by man when God is asking me to do something, then I have to we have to have a conversation. And when we have that conversation, sometimes it can get pretty dicey. So you have a lot of a lot of different situations and scenarios there. Mm. Yeah. Bill, would you what would you mind uh adding to that if you on what why why do you why do you think uh kingdom partnerships are are difficult? I mean, yeah, I would you know, I would right along with what Ness said, we're broken people and you know, as we were talking about partnering and opportunities, um I've been in ministry for a while too, and how many times mm-hmm. do you see new ministries come in and do they come in and talk to the current ministries and do they come in? No, they, they, they have a, you know, the demographic that they look up online or, you know, their association, whatever. Come on. And they just, they just come into a community and they take over like they, they can do it better. We've all been there. And, and so we can all get caught up in that. It's not calling any specific person out. We can all get caught up in our own ministry and thinking that we can do it better than somebody else. We look at, the small church nest is talking about oh, all they do is a feeding ministry, but but on Sunday mornings they don't have a lot of people. They must be dying out. Oh, maybe we could come into the community and do it better. And I think mm. I think it's that. I mean, we we, yep. we have a we have an arrogance sometimes as believers that we can do it better. And I've been caught up in that too. Um, you know, I was a youth pastor for a long time, and you know, sometimes looking at other churches in the community and being like, what are they doing over there? Like, we're we're doing it way better on this side, you know. So I think. I think that comes into play sometimes that we forget to keep our mind on the things above and we get our, our mind caught on the things below. And we, we look at, you know, churches, people, whatever that are popular. And we sometimes try to emulate those things. I think we just get caught up and we forget the the true calling that God's put on us. And, uh, you know, he has to humble us many times. I've been humbled many times in, in my ministry career to kind of realign me with what God called me to do and to follow mm-hmm. through with that and um, to understand that I could be the youth, best youth pastor in the world, but I'm still not going to be able to have uh, an impact on everybody, right? I, I still have to partner with people. You know, I still have to understand that there's, you know, the, the harvest is plentiful, man. Um, mm-hmm. And when I don't choose to work with other people uh, and, and come together as, as the kingdom of God, then who ultimately suffers, you know, is the people. And so um, that's just kind of how kind of how I see it and what I've seen in, in my own uh, time as a as a youth pastor working in different churches. Um, and it's really hard to get churches to come together and, and do things sometimes because of that. Um, we're scared that that our our sheep are going to are, are going to go to another church. You know, we're we're scared of that. They might have something a little bit better than us. And so we don't want to expose them to that. Um, all of those factors kind of come into play with that. But also, like I say, you got the human factor and um, that, that always can create tension and problems. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we have a difference of philosophy. Um, you know, uh, I know Jeremy's a Wheaton guy. I'm a Liberty guy. And even that right there separates us in certain <laughs> ideas and theology. Right. Uh, how, moody how guy. Moody, talk- guy. <laughs> moody. Sorry. Moody. moody. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> And so, you know what I mean? Uh, that that alone can can cause it. And then you have personalities. Like, uh, as far as the fivefold, I'm a shepherd. And so as a shepherd, I look at things differently than an apostle does, you know? So, mm. you know, it, it's just so many different things that, that kind of factor into that. And ultimately, we've got to come humbly before God, like Ness was saying, and just say, God, what is it you're calling me to? And who is it you want me to partner with? And how can we all work together for, for the common and, and we live in a culture, a society that elevates differences 
and the church has bought into that um, mm. instead of focusing on what the common common interest, the common goal is. So, yeah, yeah, man, man, I agree with everything that that uh, Ness and, and Bill said. Um, one thing that that I would just add, you know, that I've been just kind of more conscious of in, my, in these last years is actually culture, right? Like, like many times the way that culture deals with opportunity or conflict varies right and and i'm not just talking about like ethnic culture i'm even talking about like family culture right if you come from a family that you just never dealt with conflict right like that's probably going to show up especially if you're not aware when you're partnering with other people in ministry business um i was actually talking to a uh, anthropologist, a Christian anthropologist, and he was telling me he's like, "Yo, if you watch the way someone from China and someone from Germany does business, it's completely different, mm-hmm. right?" So he's like, "Now you put those two individuals in the same room trying to do business, right? <laughs> there might be some sort of misunderstanding." So, so yeah, there's that family culture, that ethnic culture. There's just some things that. Sometimes you just you just miss each other um, on because because of those things, um, and I, I would say, man, a lot of people are just not cognizant of that, right? Like, <clears throat> I, I, I'm just gonna say this, like like for, for myself even, right? Like, coming from a Latino church, right? Like, honor shame is like a huge thing, not mm-hmm. only in our. Uh, what's it called, a church culture or a family culture, right? So, like, when you come into the city, right, <laughs> like, there's that expectation, like, if I know you, you're going to check in. Mm-hmm. And it, it isn't, there's no rule book for that. It's just you just kind of, yeah, you just kind of know, right? Like, so, so that's just, like, one cultural dynamic. But somebody who's, like, new to the city, who's planting a church in the same neighborhood with this Latino pastor is at, you know, if you never check in, that Latino pastor potentially, I don't want to speak for all Latino pastors, might be like, yo, who is this dude, <laughs> right? Like, so, I mean, those are just little nuances that I think sometimes we just need to be cognizant of and just learn from one another on that. Man, that's a that's actually a perfect uh, segue into our next uh, segment, which is Evos. This is where... You know, usually on the show, we ask questions to Jeremy to see how he deals with some of the things that we talked about. So um, I can I think each of you shared something um, that really helps prime our conversation in terms of, OK, how do we how do we approach this and engage kingdom partnership moving forward? So let me open this up to all three of you. Um, how do you overcome some of those tensions and misunderstandings? Uh, particularly in kingdom partnership relationships? Man, I think if I would say, I mean, this goes across the board, but um, communication. Um, mm. I mean, I see it in my, my marriage. I see it everywhere. It's, it's just communication. There's there's unmet expectations that were never communicated, right? If you're not married or you're about to enter into marriage, like that's one thing that if you can really focus on in your marriage, I, I promise you things will go a lot better. But you know, mm-hmm. there's like these unmet expectations that are never communicated and it just kind of harbors in. You know? So I think for for me, that's that's always just a big deal. Like there's just a lack of communication and, and sometimes not even just lack, but but just a misunderstanding of communication um, where where one size tees it differently. And it might be a 
it could be a cultural thing. It could be, a, you know, of how you've been trained up. Um, it could be a lot of different things. It could be just personality and how you take it, right? We know that sometimes it's better to talk to somebody over the phone or face-to-face than to shoot an email or a text because it can be miscommunicated, the tone behind it and everything. And so I think that that leads to a lot. We don't we don't come into the conversation and, and lay it all out there so that everybody knows what their expectations are and then that everybody can move forward and that partnership looks well. Um, I think there's these unwritten things. And so you get into that partnership and it's like one side is looking like, well, why are they doing this and not doing that? Other side looks at it that way and we just, just break down the communication. Mm. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the first thing I think about is, um, uh, so so we we were having a kind of like a, a staff meeting, right? And Jeremy's there with uh, with Bill, and they're talking. I come in fresh, you know. I'm like, boom, we're getting ready to get into the staff meeting, and I see them talking, and so I kind of like go to the right because I don't know if it's like a hot conversation or not a hot conversation. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, come on, come over here. Everything's good. And I sit down and Jeremy starts sharing with me some things that he's processing through. And right away without asking him, how you doing? How you feeling? Like, how, you know, none of that. I just, boom, start giving him advice. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I run, I operate as an apostle. You know, that's that's my gifting, right? And so um, that's why Bill has has to be my boss because he reels me back in. He's like, all right, let's, you know, come back. So, um, but I didn't think nothing of it. I just it was like, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I'm, you know, maybe twenty something years older than Jeremy, and I'm just pouring in some wisdom. I love him, and I I want to encourage him. Um, mm-hmm. Kudos to Jeremy that he reached out to me later that afternoon after he sat on it and processed it with the Lord and said, "Hey, man." I wanted to talk to you about that because this is how I felt. And he was just communicating to me that, man, you just came in spitting all this advice, but that's not what I needed at the moment. At the same mm-hmm. time, he's trying to figure out where am I coming from? You know what I mean? Am mm-hmm. I just, am I looking at him in, in, a, in a different picture? Um, and so that the reason I say kudos to him is because there's a lot there, okay? Mm-hmm. He could have chosen not to say anything. He could have chosen to feel like, well, if I say something, they may look at me like a, as a crybaby or a complainer. I'm the new guy here. But instead, you know, he understood. And this is what I believe, you know, and him and I never really processed this. But uh, I believe that he understood, hey, if I'm going to have a long term relationship here, I got to communicate this and we got to we got to we got to get vulnerable. And mm-hmm. so, man, I was able to hear him out and tell him, hey, man, that wasn't my intention. That's not where I was coming from. You know, and then he, you know, I was able to ask for forgiveness. He was able to ask for forgiveness. I don't even know why he asked for forgiveness, but he did. <laughs> and, um, but that right there could have caused us to be like, mm, you know, I love this brother in Christ, but I'm not having coffee with him on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Or this is going to bring us together. And I think mm-hmm. it brought us together because after that, we had a few conversations more and more and Jeremy opened up, was more vulnerable. I was able to open up more vulnerable. We were able to sit down, have dinner together with, with our wives, you know, and share our families together. Um, but that was very important at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so that's just a, that's just one example. Right. And like we, 
we we we've had tension. The three of us, we've all had tension, right? Mm-hmm. And um and 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 pretty hurtful stuff. Like I've hurt them, right? Like like that that happens. Um and yeah. it happens for all of the things that we mentioned before, right? Misunderstanding. Um I, I know I, I'll speak for myself. I know I'm arrogant when I'm not tethered to God's word and listening to to the spirit. Um, right. But I think one of the things that these brothers modeled really well recently, you know, is they went out of their way, mm. came to my neighborhood. Mm. It said, yo, we want to meet. And by the way, they pay for the bill. Thank you for that. <laughs> and and you know what they did was like they created safe space to just mm-hmm. be real. Mm-hmm. Right? And just iron things out, you know, as as men. And and mm-hmm. and it was almost like I I, I mean I, not that like they told me this but I, you guys correct you guys can correct me if I'm wrong but at that moment when we had tension um, I had this sense of like yo ain't nobody moving from this table <laughs> <laughs> yeah me and Jeremy are sitting next to each other and we just keep looking at each other like hey, it's about to go down it's about to go down <laughs> but we like yo we're not moving from this table until we mm-hmm. just get it right. Mm-hmm. And wow. and sometimes, man, you just need that, right? Like I think many times, man, regardless of who you are, your culture, like all of those, if we don't talk and and really create safe place to just talk, talk the real, mm-hmm. you know, I I think things could just linger and ultimately be detrimental to to our witness in the city. Mm-hmm. So, man, I, I just I just think sometimes it's just that it's just providing space to even do that yeah and if i could jump in real quick like Mm -hmm. like for me you know i remember coming into a meeting one time with my pastor uh uh, pastor chris tress and and i remember i came in defensive hostile i was like okay I'm, i'm gonna defend myself and i think he picked up that vibe right away god gave him some discernment and he said to me he said hey we belong one to another Mm. and that I mean, those simple words, you know, that come straight from God's word really uh, broke me down at that moment. Like I understood, wait, what am I doing here? Mm. This is my brother sitting across from me. Right. And so that was one thought process when we came to the table, us three um, having breakfast that morning. And it was a, a two and a half hour breakfast. Three <laughs> hours. Uh, I think we, by the time we left, it was brunch. But <laughs> that was a thought process. It's like, it's like, this is my brother. We belong one to another. And yeah, we are not going to leave this table because we love each other. We love Jeremy. Jeremy loves us. And we are not going to allow um, the enemy or ourselves to get in the way of something beautiful that God wants to do in the city. You know, and I think you go back to Jeremy moving in and us being there. You go back to me and Jeremy having that conversation when he approached me and said, hey, man, this is how you made me feel. All of those things were little foundations that set up um, that moment, because Mm -hmm. if those moments would have not gone right or if Jeremy would have not taken the bonus to talk to me at that moment and say, hey, this is how you made me feel, then then it could have been bitterness there, resentment, or if I would have handled it incorrectly, you know, or if all, any any circumstance it would have been like, you know what, I don't know if I want to 
if I want to meet up with two of these dudes at a restaurant, I feel like I'm outnumbered. Nah, mm-hmm. it was it wasn't that. And even at the table, there was a couple moments <laughs> where yeah. it got a little hot. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but being able to say, hey, hey, listen, this is where this is the heart. This yeah. is the intention. And walking away from there, man, you can feel there was a moment where you can feel everything just lift. Yeah. And it was like, man, yeah. this is this is uh, almost everything. You know, at the end of the day, when you come to the table and Jesus is sitting there, it's gibberish. The mm. most important thing there was our relationship to one another, how we view one another, how we would walk towards one another, how we honor one another, and everything else falls into place. Mm. Mm. Man, I love that because what I hear is this this common note of communication is key, but that's rooted in the value of relationship that you have with one another that is more so rooted in in the love of christ so i thought i think that's a beautiful picture and example of what you guys just and josh if i can add to that yeah it's even further rooted in obedience to the scripture Mm. okay because sometimes you may not have a full-blown relationship our relationship Mm. with jeremy is not like your relationship with jeremy you guys have known each other for way longer but just the obedience to the scripture, to mm-hmm. understanding, right, that we belong one to another, mm-hmm. that we are that we are members of one another, right? Like it says in the Gospels, even and if I want I want to share this, you know, that scripture that says, um, you know, two or three agree and touch an agreement, it will be done. Right. Mm-hmm. And we preach about that like it's talking about prayer, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but it's not talking about prayer. You know, it's talking about conflict resolution. It's Come talking on. about a yeah. brother sinning against you. Right. And at the end of that, how you approach that, it says when two or three come. Right. When you touch and agree. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a unity there that happens. And I'm not saying, you know, misquoting scripture, but I'm saying if we're going to preach, you got to preach it right. Come on. It's context. Right. It's like press down, shaking together and running over. It's not talking about money. It's talking about love. (laughs) But anyways, back to the other verse. (laughs) For us to be able to understand. Right. In Matthew 18, it talks about when a brother sins against you. Right. Mm-hmm. If we take the first portion and forget about whether it's a sin or not, forget about that, mm-hmm. right? But the end of that, right? The end of that, that says, and I want to read it here. It says, uh, truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For when two, mm-hmm. or, two or three are gathered in my name there, I am among them. And so how we are able to come together through disagreement, okay? Mm-hmm. That affects our ministry. It affects how we are going to move forward in that community because we yeah. reap what we sow. Mm-hmm. Last night, I spoke briefly with Jeremy, right? Mm-hmm. And as I hung up the phone, I told Jeremy, hey, kiss the baby for me. That's what matters. Could mm-hmm. you imagine Jeremy being stuck on the side of the road, Jeremy having an emergency, and he reaches out to me, and I, in my heart, say, nah, I can't help mm. you because I had a disagreement with you in ministry. Mm. I, I, I can't be there for my brother because I had a disagreement with you in ministry. I can't mm. pray for you and your wife because I had a disagreement with you in ministry. And so when you look at that, when you look at the family of God like that, then mm. what happens is that reciprocates into your work. It's an outflow of your work. So you're Ooh. able to do ministry. And as you're doing ministry, 
People will come and offend you. People will come and hurt you. Other ministries will mistreat you, but you're able to yeah. walk low because you know you're able to brush that dirt off your shoulder. Shout out to Jay. And then come being on. able to say, being <laughs> able to say, hey, listen, I, I'm not here for that. I'm not yeah. here for that. I'm here for a specific purpose. And when we're obedient to the scripture, everything else lines up. That's a good point. And uh, going off of being obedient to scripture, I just had to write up my final page paper for uh, this program I'm in on apologetics. And it was about mm. um, the question was, uh, why doesn't God answer my prayers? And so mm. one of the things that came through that was broken relationships and how many times God tells Ooh. us, you know, um, in Mark 11, it tells them to pray. But it also says they have to be willing to forgive or God's not going to forgive them. You know, if mm. you're taking your your offering to the altar, but you know, so you know, somebody's got something against you. You got something against somebody. You you got to lay it down and go go handle your business. So, um, scripture is clear about these relationships because God is a relational being. Um, he desires mm-hmm. a relationship with us, but He also desires that our relationships with others be in the right place. And so, understanding yeah. that when when it's not in the right place, that it can hinder your prayer life. Um, that, mm-hmm. that that God is going to call you wow. to the carpet on that and say, hey, man, I'm not going to listen to your prayers right now because you're not loving your brother. Um, huh. And if you're not going to love your brother, then you don't love me. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that's important as we work in ministry. You know, we've seen relationships outside of ministry, but in ministry get broken. And it's just mm-hmm. it's almost like an, uh, people that are unwilling to just sit down at the table. And that's what we told Jeremy that day was like, hey, bro, we're not going to leave this table till everything is put put out. We're gonna throw it all out on the table. Um, it got, yeah, it, it got, it got heated. Um, many moments, uh, it, it, it looked like it wasn't gonna make the turn that it needed to make. Um, yeah. But what, but what we kept continuing to say is that we have to lay everything. Like when we walk away from this table, it can't be. Well, I can't believe they said this, this, and this, or I, I should have said this, this. No, 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 no. This is the opportunity to put it all out there before God and before your brothers. Um, and handle things that we feel like the, the way that God has instructed us to handle it. Um, and only through that can you really see that restoration. So um, it was just a, it's just a beautiful thing um, to be able to sit down as brothers and to be able to disagree, mm-hmm. to be able to all state um, kind of how we felt in the situation, um, but also trusting God and the Holy Spirit that he's going to lead us uh, to where we need to get to by the end of the conversation. Paul and Barnabas had a sharp disagreement, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go look that up. I want to go check out the Hebrew-Greek definition between a sharp disagreement. And I was like, I thought I was going to discover, like, this hidden gem, and you know what it meant? Uh, a sharp huh. disagreement. <laughs> and I was like, dang, these things must happen. I mean, imagine, yeah. imagine Paul, the new kid on the block, comes back rebu- rebuking Peter for being prejudiced. Rebuking mm. Peter for being prejudiced, but they <laughs> right. were, they were a, a, still able to go do ministry. And let's not act like John and Peter liked each other because they, they, you know, they 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 didn't half of the time, you know. And <laughs> even at the end, when Jesus is telling Peter, "Hey, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that," he said, well, "What about John?" And Jesus is like, "Don't worry uh-huh. about John. Don't worry about right, John. I'm right. talking to you." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, so yeah, man, I just uh, disagreements, tensions. I think, mm-hmm. I think they're necessary. Mm. And, and and it's easy for us to say, man, there, there's no need for that. But mm. you know what that did, man? It sanctified us. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it broke us. It, it, it brought us to the table to repent, mm. 
and say, Jeremy, forgive me for this. Jeremy, forgive me for that. Hey, Bill. Hey, Ness, forgive me for this. It brought it brought us to the feet of Jesus, understanding that, man, we, <laughs> if we're not careful, we can mess mm-hmm. this up really bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I, I resonate. With, man, I keep re- I keep saying that I resonate with everything these brothers said. One thing that Bill said, um, talking about uh, our prayers being hindered because relationally we're not right. Man, I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys. Maybe I didn't, but I definitely thought it was. Um, before that conversation, it just seemed like, man, it was just closed doors everywhere for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my heart, I just had this sense like, man, that seems like this is why. Like we just, yeah. I just needed to get this right with my brothers um, before anything else. And not that every door opened after that, but but definitely there was just a, a different sensitivity to the spirit um, and what he was doing um, in the neighborhood. So, so yeah. Um, man, gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this episode. Really um, have gained a lot just from you sharing um and have been encouraged convicted in many ways as well so thank you for that um you know i do want to honor your time that we have you here so uh as we wrap up this episode um if you want to share any final words for our listeners if you want to give an encouragement or exhortation to jeremy uh talk a little bit about urban youth impact um that's how we'll close this out cool yeah i want to just honor jeremy in that um it wasn't an easy situation, and I'm not going to say that we were right. Everything that we it, it was a perfect model of both sides being wrong and having faults, but um, he really handled it well, um, mm. and uh, he was willing to to sit and talk. Um, and it 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 was two kind of two on one a little bit, and so that can be a little bit hard to kind of get your defenses up. But you know, at the end of the day, he handled it well. Um, you know, he apologized for certain things. Um, just felt like there was just a genuineness through that conversation. When I walked away, I didn't feel like, um, I felt like everything was restored. And so I just, I honor him in that and just, you know, his heart behind that and just what he's doing. Um, so I just, just wanted to tell you that Jeremy and, uh, man, you know, me and Ness are here, man, whether it's, uh, helping you with a cookout or changing a flat tire, man. We're here for you. I told you when you got here, man, my my goal was just, you know, do everything that I can uh, to help you be successful in what God's called you to do. And so, uh, man, I just appreciate you, bro. Mm. Likewise, man. Likewise. Yeah, man. Um, just grateful, man, for uh, this relationship that God's brought into my life with Jeremy. Um, mm. Grateful for the relationship God brought into my life with, with Bill. You know, it's been only about two years that we've known each other. And, um, you know, just to encourage our listeners, I think something that Jeremy said about closed doors, man, you know, reciprocation is just important, you know. And sometimes, you know, if you're out there doing ministry, you're in your city and you're finding just a hard time partnering with people, um, instead of taking the view of, man, these churches are this or these churches are that or these churches in this city this or these churches in this city that, you know, sometimes we can get in that. Like, man, these churches don't want to work together. I mean, these churches are self-promoting. Man, these churches look down on me. Yeah. Um, I think walking low and being able to say, you know what? Let me go. Let me go have a cup of coffee with these church leaders. Let me, mm. let me ask them. Hey, how can I serve you? How can? What are you doing? How you know? What? How can I come in and help? 
Um, I think that's important, man. I think that's just very important mm-hmm. for us. And communication is very important, man. Don't 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 hold back on things. Um, learn how to be able to talk about those things in honor. Um, if your heart posture is reconciliation, if your heart mm-hmm. posture is unity and love and 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 not to sound cliche, unity and love, but like unity in the kingdom and loving one mm-hmm. another and thinking of each other better than we do ourselves, you know, then that's the best that you can do. Bring that to yep. the table because the motive and intention and the heart posture is right. And Jeremy, you already know, bro. I love you, man. And uh, Josh, thank you for letting us have him. Thank you for letting us borrow him. I know you guys got a special relationship. Uh, and we need to get you down here, bro. We need to get yeah, you yeah, down man. here. I definitely need you to know. take a trip down. Yeah, man. And then hopefully when you come down, you can record, you can record a session down here, man. This conversation was so good. We definitely need to do a second episode together. Yeah, And I just want to also say, man, you guys are doing an amazing job in the podcast. I love it. I love the organicness of it. And it's just really genuine and organic. And um, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just very uh, honored to be a part of the ones that have the keys. <laughs> 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 the keys of the kingdom. <laughs> man. Jeremy, you got any final thoughts? Man, I love these brothers. Man, I, I just I just want to say, man, um, sometimes uh, church planting feels alone. But one of mm-hmm. the, the, the great things is um, I'm not alone. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes it, I, I could even make it seem that way. But, man, mm-hmm. these brothers, um, Urban Youth Impact, and other churches that I know, man, they they really got behind us. So I just want to yeah. honor the work that they've done, man. And and uh, man, I'm 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 ready to to to, to partner, continue to partner with them um, mm-hmm. in, in the city, man, because the the city really needs it, man. So, man, absolutely, man. Well, that's our time for this episode, Bill and Ness. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. I'm really grateful for the ministry that you are doing and your obedience to. God's call on your life, um, praying for uh, abundant blessing and, and favor as you continue to do the work that God has called you out to do. Um, so thank you for joining us. Thank you, man. Thank you, Jeremy. Right, thank, thank, thank you, you Jeremy.